This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ah, blockchain. You've read about it? Your cryptocurrency-obsessed friends have tried to explain it. Now, it's our turn. Why does blockchain matter if you aren't into this whole cryptocurrency thing? Well, today on the show, our founder says he can use it to solve a problem you might actually care about, making sure you're getting great tickets to the big game. We're using the blockchain in a way that is not used or talked about often, and I really think that we're going to be able to do this. This is Harold Hughes, and he's here to raise $1.5 million for his startup Bandwagon. Is his company part of the blockchain bubble, or could this business actually work? Our investors will have to decide. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch. Our investors today? Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. Howie Diamond. Howie is our rock star investor. No, really, he was in a band. And since changing gigs, Howie's invested in over 50 startups. All right, on with the show. Hey, everybody. My name is Harold Hughes, and I'm the founder and CEO of Bandwagon. But before that, I'm a sports fan. College football, soccer, NBA, anything. And so like many sports fans, I found myself watching the NBA Finals this summer, where the Golden State Warriors won their third title in four years. Now, Warriors fans all over the country wish they could have been in that building when they won that title. But with seven, with the average ticket price being more than $1,700, the hopeful fans really need to find a way to get a bargain. And that's where the problem began. Hundreds of fans were turned away at the gate this year for the NBA Finals, because unbeknownst to them, they had fake tickets. So we're looking at this as a big problem. So what would you do if I told you that teams and event organizers could eliminate fraud, but at the same time elevate the fan experience? Well, today, thanks to our solution, built on the blockchain, they can. So. My team, Small Yet Scrappy, is here raising $1.5 million to address the $2.3 billion ticket fraud industry and really reshape what authenticity and validity looks like in the secondary ticket market. So just just to pare this down for the listeners, what you're saying is that you're going to be using the blockchain, which creates something called an immutable ledger. So that you're guaranteeing that when I get a ticket, it's really the ticket. Correct. So the likelihood of me getting a scam ticket is very low. Correct. Thanks, Michael, doing my job for me. But I do want to break this down a tiny bit more. Okay, so a distributed ledger is what blockchain is all about. You can sort of think of it like using a Google Doc instead of a physical notebook. So maybe I'd normally keep my records in my own notebook, 
but now I put them into a shared document online that other people can see and edit, if they have permission. Any changes are logged, you can see when those changes happened, and the whole system is decentralized from any one computer. So in Bandwagon's use case with sports tickets, this makes it possible to verify that your ticket is actually real. Can you just give me your pitch to a team, right? You're yes. going to pitch to the Warriors. Mm -hmm. What are you saying to them? I think they're partnered with Ticketmaster. So we'd say, hey, you guys are partnered with Ticketmaster and they do 20% of your stadium uh, for as, as far as helping you get fans into that seat. But actually a lot of your season ticket holders are reselling their tickets on platforms like uh, Craigslist, Facebook, uh, all these other platforms. So what we're able to do is give you an API key that allows you to be able to track anytime a ticket moves digitally, regardless of where it goes, outside of the Ticketmaster ecosystem. So what we're doing for the team is giving them more distribution options, but also- So wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. I, I, you, you lost me there. So if I'm a season ticket holder right. and I want to sell my tickets to one mm -hmm. game, I can put on would, I go, would I go, I can go to any, independent of the, the Warriors, I can go to any secondary market yes, and sell sir. it. And you're saying, while I, while I do that, the Warriors can still track the ticket and make sure it's legit? Today, they do not. No, no, but with your technology. Yes, with our technology, they'll be able to confirm to that secondary partner that that ticket is still. So, so then the secondary, I'm sorry, the secondary partner, let's say StubHub, would have to also be on board and use the API and connect and transmit that information to the Warriors? Yes, and so that's the value of our API. So it's a two-way street. For the team, they want to know who's there so that they can help curate the experience, make sure they're confirming that the ticket's valid and getting that person in and delivering whatever products or services. Seems like they wouldn't care as much as like StubHub would care. Well, it's it's two ways. So it, it, it still cuts both ways. But for StubHub on the other side is we're going to give you with certainty validity that this ticket is initially issued at Ticketmaster to this fan. That seems like and, a higher value add. Yeah, and so that's what, but we have to start with the team because we've got to get, um, it's when in, in tracking any asset, you've got to go to the first creation of it. Issuer, so we yeah. have to go to the issuer so first. So that's you, why we have to go to the So where are you group. now in the product release? Yeah, so our product is live. Um, we rolled out our first uh, customer in May of this year. So we partnered with the, uh, with the university, Sacramento State, um, the Sacramento State Hornets. Um, and we did baseball. They had no idea who was showing up to their baseball games. Their fans were buying tickets from various channels. And so we were able to put together a solution that said, now we're able to capture, we captured 48% of their baseball fans in our eight game pilot with them. To be like to, names and numbers and emails? First name, last name, email address, gender, socioeconomic status, uh, relation to geographic relation to the team. And then we followed up with surveys to say, aside from watching Sacramento State baseball, what else do you watch? Do you watch Sacramento Kings? Do you do So football? the data is very valuable to them. Yes, that's, that's what you're saying. You're guaranteeing who turns up and you're guaranteeing you can communicate, market to them. Ticketmaster has all that as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And most of the teams already have this. We deal with um, professional sports teams all the time. I'm just, it's a long sales cycle. Ticketmaster, it's a very arduous partnership, um, a long journey, even if they, and a very difficult uh, to integrate into their system. If it sounds like Jillian really knows the sports world, she does. She's invested in a sports management company. They like to control their tickets. They like to know what's going on, but I don't see this as a big value to the teams, to tell you the truth. 
I understand the complexity of the, the Ticketmaster component. We met with their CTO last week in LA. And so we talked about the components and being able to use that in competition with uh, their competitors. So 50 million fans go to college football every year, and that's largely not Ticketmaster. 39 million fans go to minor league baseball, millions go to concerts. And so what we're looking at is being able to aggregate it. The reason that the team or that asset creator cares is because they want to have a piece of that revenue. So if I sell a ticket to, uh, I guess, the Warriors-Cavs game, I think they were like $295 is what the list price was for the, like, if you bought them from them. But then they're trading for $1,700. You're the Warriors or the Cavs. You want some of that revenue. Because we're going to be taking a toll for every time the ticket moves digitally, mm. we're able to do a revenue you share. You share that with yeah. the team. Yeah. So, like so now yeah. what we're doing is That's saying, interesting. Yeah, so the ticket moves from Ticketmaster's ecosystem to StubHub. Then we're, for us, our goal is to say, okay, anytime StubHub has to check the confirmation that this is a real ticket, you take 10 cents or so, 20 cents. So let's, you share it with the team. Let's, let's go into that a little more. I, sure. I, I like your big data play, and I like what you just said, because I think that's been the holy grail for that discrepancy between what people really end up paying right. and what people initially pay. So let's take this example, the one place you have going right now. Yeah. Uh, what kind of revenue do you have going through that? Like, what's how does it look? Yeah, so for our teams, we charge um, a flat rate fee, so like an annual license. Uh, we started at $25,000, but discounted it for Sacramento State for them to be our pilot customer. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but our first technology partner, which I don't think I can publicly say, um, they actually do tickets. They actually manufacture the tickets for teams. We're working with that company so that every one of their physical tickets is now being loaded onto our blockchain. So we have 558,000 tickets already on our blockchain for an MLS soccer team, and we have an NFL team that shares that same stadium. And then tell me how else you make money in that stadium. Oh, sure. So um, number one, we charge them the annual fee. Number two, for any ticketing partner that distributes that team's tickets, we charge a per ticket uh, transfer fee. The total, like how much is that? Ten cents right now, um, and then the last fee is any other technology stakeholder wants to help round out that customer profile. We also use that as well. So an example of that is the concessions operator. You're sitting on a hundred hot dogs. It's the fourth quarter. Three minutes are left. You don't want to throw them away. You want to try and at least get to zero. So you're gonna push a coupon to say, hey, you get a, yes. a hot dog for two bucks or something. Yeah. Of so it gets a hot dog for two bucks. But the other thing that we're doing on the front end is because we're able to know the demographics of the person before they come to the game. I'm able to have your socioeconomic status. Yeah. If you paid $600 for this ticket that normally costs $100, you're probably price insensitive. So my background's economics on that. Yeah, and smart. so now I would say, hey, as soon as you walk in, Michael, here's a coupon for you to, or here's the app that we're going to have for mobile concessions. So instead of you getting up and spending $10 for a hot dog, missing the game and standing in line, for $12, we'll deliver it to you. Mm -hmm. And if you're price insensitive, you'll say, yeah, I'll do that. This is going to sound like the weirdest question that's ever been asked on the show. Um, do you know someone named Fluffy Pony? <laughs> I definitely do not. Okay. Yep, that's the weirdest question. Because he started, oh, he. A oh. he started a, one of the big crypto assets, currencies. I think it's Augur. It's okay. one of the bigger ones. Okay. He's been in the crypto space for yes. 10 years. Okay. And I hate to say this, but he <laughs> just started a company that is exactly like this. Howie's comment sucked the air right out of the room. After the break, we'll hear how Harold handles it. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all they're not just pitching their business, 
they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company. It's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Before the break, Howie broke the news about Fluffy Pony. I hate to say this, but he just started a company that is exactly like this. He partnered with um, some. He partnered with the ex CEO of, I believe, Ticketfly, and he also partnered with the ex, uh, a a good friend of mine, um, who started Redbox Tickets. And the three of them got together and are doing the exact same thing and just closed like a ten million dollar round. Yep, I'm familiar with that company. I don't okay. remember his name in it, but I remember seeing former Ticketfly. The biggest challenge in that yeah. is that they are using Ethereum and other blockchains that don't have the speed that are able to keep up with the way that tickets are going to be transacted digitally. We were one of the first uh, partners in IBM's uh, Hyperledger Fabric blockchain using it in a ticketing application. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's really unique in the fact that it's going to allow us much more speed than Ethereum or Bitcoin. So you're decoupling it from crypto. Yes, we are not using okay, crypto so at all. Okay, so this is blockchain. just blockchain. Yeah, this, this is, is blockchain. They're not either. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're using okay. the underlying point of blockchain technology, yeah. okay, so which is distributed like ledger. Harold's making an important clarification here. Blockchain and cryptocurrency often get lumped together. But think of it like this. Cryptocurrency lives on the blockchain, but blockchain technology itself is much broader, as are the business opportunities. What should an average-sized stadium bring you in revenue, gross revenue to you? Mm -hmm. Not like just revenue to your company, not ticket sales. We should be able to do $100,000 per stadium that we sign on. Okay. And and, and what's the breakdown of that? And the gross margin is almost 100%. It's all your money. You're not paying anything out of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Phil, to your question, we look at uh, the license going to be somewhere around $50,000 um, for the larger teams. Um, and so the the team that we're talking about professionally, they would pay us a $50,000 license. And then we would do a rev share of how many times that ticket transacts. And so with it being 550,000 tickets for that team, it's another 10 cents per ticket. Mm-hmm. So $100,000 for that one sports team for that season. So you're ready to go right now. Your product's ready. You can just Product. go sell to 100 stadiums right yeah. now? Yeah, product's ready. Um, we um, are raising now. And so we have um, one team that's already loaded their blockchain, their tickets. Another one will go in on July. Uh, we're redesigning our dashboard. There's an API that we're, we've already built for uh, Ticketmaster customers. There's been a lot of talk about Ticketmaster in the room today. But there's a ton of other players here. StubHub, TickPick, RazorGator. You've mentioned that there are a lot of secondary ticket mm-hmm. markets. How many of them have you talked to? How many have you pitched? And what's your success rate? Um, I've talked to six. So of those six, how many said, yeah, I'm in? We didn't pitch them to have them sign on because for us, it makes more sense to get the primaries. The way the ticketing market is, is that you have to go to the Ticketmasters, the AEGs, the Live Nation, that whole group before you get to them because some of them won't necessarily want you to work with some of the smaller ones. And so we didn't want to pick a small company and sign them and then go to a big ticket company. I'm having trouble understanding that piece of it. So I get that you have to pitch the teams and Mm -hmm. get them to to sign on so that they can sort of authenticate each uh, transfer, Mm -hmm. right? And I get that you have to pitch like the the stub hubs of the world because they're the platforms that are selling the tickets and they have the fraud problem. What's Ticketmaster's role in this, and 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 how do they participate? Ticketmaster is the largest primary ticket 
partner. Right. So, so but yeah, what's their participation? So in? they they will have to be partner number one. But they're the hardest sell, just so you know. I've worked with Ticketmaster a lot. Right. This is not an easy left, just right. so you know. It's hard to integrate into their system. It's hard to get in their trust. It's a right. long sales cycle. Mm-hmm. It's a long integration cycle. It's a long, it's, there's a lot mm-hmm. a- ahead. Right. So I really feel that you need um, to have one partnership that is not a team that's one of these other platforms. Even and I, if it's secondary? Yes. Harold, I think you have a really good understanding of that's a good point. this market. I think you've identified a problem that's really important. And I think this is a, a really cool practical application of the blockchain. I, I believe in that. And, and I, love the, I love the concept. But the biggest, the biggest problem for me is I, I just, I know of another team doing this. Mm-hmm. I hate to just go back to that. I don't want to be discouraging. Sure. But the team that's doing this has one of the most prominent players in crypto mm-hmm. leading the helm. It has a seasoned entrepreneur and operator who has 10 plus years working in the ticketing industry. Okay. It also has the former CEO of Ticketfly. Sure. Yeah. They're very well funded and I feel like they're a year or two ahead of you. And I didn't get into their last round because I was staying away from blockchain. And that's but, what I was going to ask. But and I didn't. But if I were to get into it, I would invest in them. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I'm going to pass. Okay. Howie's out, which doesn't seem too surprising given his praise of Fluffy Pony. But Harold's got three other investors still interested. I'm trying to still establish, like, what does 2018 look like for you? How many more stadiums are you going to sign? And, like, what does the revenue look like? How fast can you move? We'll sign three more teams, uh, three more stadiums. Um, Two of them will be NFL, or excuse me, two of them will be professional. uh, And then one of them will be a collegiate team. How much are you raising? We're raising 1.5. We have 300,000 committed. And what valuation? Um, it's seven and a half. Have you ever thought about cutting that down to a more manageable chunk and just filling that up and getting moving? Um, so we have, um, so we raised. You're talking about the amount we're raising? Mm-hmm. Well, no, the valuation as well. Oh, so we we did a, a valuation a convertible note at a five million dollar valuation cap last um, fall. Uh, that was before we did our pilot with Sacramento State and got them forty eight percent of the identities. Before we added Orlando Jones as an advisor or Melly Price as an advisor, before we had a paying customer. No, I get that, but you still are three hundred thousand into a one and a half million dollar raise. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's kind of not full up or oversubscribed or? Oh, we just started that in June. Is June June first is when we open up that round? How much runway does that give you? Um, our burn rate right now is sixteen six. You know, t- to your point, you know the space and you and you believe it and you see it and you didn't get in that last one. If you believe that it's a winner take all space, then I completely understand you passing. But if you believe there's going to be a couple players, we're using the blockchain in a way that is not used or talked about often. And I really think that we're going to be able to do this. Do you think there can be a couple players in this? I space? do. I think there's going to be a couple players, and I think we're going to be one of them. Like the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Can't disagree with that. Harold seems undaunted by the competition. My concern here uh, is that it's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem. Yep. And uh, there there are a lot of sales you have to make. Yes. And that's what really concerns me. It's in, in other words, it's not just the it's not just the teams, then it's the ticketing platforms. And it's not just the ticketing platforms, it's the secondary and the primary. Right. So you have all these different sales, and Julian was saying, and she's right, that these are tough sales to make, mm-hmm. especially on the ticketing side. Right. And you know, if Howie's right and there's another company doing this, you gotta move fast. Right. And, and, and to do that, you need people on the ground selling. 
So your burn's going to go up, your runway's going to go down. Mm-hmm. I just feel like for me, there's there's so much uncertainty at this stage right. that uh, I'm I'm going to have to pass for right now. Okay, and I just want to say one last thing. I, I assure you. Um, Yes, the sales model is tough and the challenging. I've sold from to Blockbuster and Kodak before they went out of business. Uh, we sold. So you're to the Facebook. kiss of death. Yeah, well, maybe, but I've also <laughs> sold to Facebook, and we we be able to do that. We've made every sacrifice to get here and to do this. If there's anyone who's going to be able to figure out how to do this, it's going to be me and my team because of how you. we're doing it. With Phil's pass, that leaves two investors. Here's Michael. I uh, I really like you, so actually I want to invest in you. Uh, and this company, I just, I, I don't think I'm going to be close to your valuation. And the other problem is you've already pigeonholed yourself in this $5 million round and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what I'm going to tell you. I think I would go into a round later with Phil in your A round. And I'd like to pay a $20 million valuation when you have a lead VC and a ton of revenue and a ton of stadiums. And I'd rather pay up later. So okay. if I don't pay early, then I'll pay up later, okay. which is less risky. Right. But I got to tell you, I'm disappointed here because I, I would like to give you money. You're the you're the kind of dude I want to back. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. You're easy to back. Thank you, man. Jillian is the only investor left. So here's the thing. Um, I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I know what's ahead of you, and I believe you have the confidence to really um, to be able to take these hurdles. But I'm not quite sure you truly understand the sales cycle on these. Um, the teams are not easy. They get pitched so many different types of um, of uh, opportunities right. um, that they shut down, probably 99.9%. And because it is blockchain, there's uh, a frenzy about this, an excitement about this, but there's also that big unknown right. piece mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. So you're now trying to sell something that is 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 goes right to their highest risk and in a way to mine as well simply because i do know what's ahead of you um i'm going to pass a little bit because the valuation is too high but also i really like for you to have one anchor partner for me to feel that this is going to be able to scale and at that point i'm 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 interested Okay. Just one. All right. Okay? I can do that. But you are so the real deal. Thank you. We love you. I appreciate it. We love you. Thank you all so much. Thank Thank you, Harold. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Harold leaves the room without any investment. But the investors stick around to chat a little bit more about this one. The concept yeah. is great. He's yeah. great. He's great. It's just there's so I'm much fo- uncertainty. I'm, I'm going to follow this one. I want to see if he can sign up 10 stadiums, get some revenue yes. going, yeah. and maybe pivot again. Yes. But I, I believe, look, good marketplaces have a number of competitors, but although your folks sound like they're going to do really well, Howie. But, fluffy Pony. Yeah, Fluffy Pony. If he could make a business just out of selling the teams without having mm-hmm. to sell the, you know, and if they're content with getting some of those other benefits, just the 30% or whatever then fine. But I don't know that that's doable. He didn't, he wasn't pitching that. Mm-hmm. He needs to get out there. I think yeah. he'll raise this round, no problem. Yeah. He's great. He'll yeah. get to 1.5 and then we'll see where it goes. But I think the blockchain is a paradigm shift. I mean, there is the mobile mm-hmm. computing yes. paradigm shift. There mm-hmm. was the cloud computing I paradigm agree. shift. I think the blockchain is a new paradigm well, shift. I, it's just early. Like, I don't know yet how to invest in it. Do I invest in the infrastructure layer? layer? Do I invest in protocols? Do I invest in- I don't want to necessarily invest in- 
blockchain. I want to invest in a company that has a cool application that happens to be using blockchain to enable value. it. Right. Right. That is business value. And that's what right. I think this was. Yeah. Cool. After the break, I give Harold a call to hear what was going through his head during this roller coaster of a pitch. Nothing's worse than, you know, getting, you know, a gut punch that early into the presentation. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. A few months after he came on the show, I called Harold to reminisce about his pitch. In the room, there's this moment <laughs> where <laughs> Howie kind of stops the conversation to say, hey, have you heard of this crypto veteran Fluffy Pony who's right. building the same thing as you and has already raised a crap ton of money? Right. Th- like, did that catch you off guard? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely did. Well, at first, you know, Howie was the surprise person in the room. And so as I was trying to do all the research, so who was going to be there, that was the wild card. And then once he was there, uh, he threw out a name like Fluffy Pony, which to me was like, okay, is he joking? Is he playing with me? And it's interesting. Bandwagon doesn't play into the cryptocurrency space at all. And I don't, you know, attest to be a cryptocurrency enthusiast at all. So I have no idea who this person is. Then when he says who he's working with, I said, oh, yes, of course I've heard of it. But yeah, completely caught me off guard. And I just had to reset. And at some point in the episode, um, I talked about that and saying, okay, Howie, if you invest, did you invest in that guy's company? And the fact that he said no, I was like, okay, well, then Howie's probably not going to invest in us then. Because if if he believed in the solution or in the space, then he would invest in his buddy's company. And so the fact that he didn't made me say, okay, I'm dealing with three people right now, and it's probably just two because Phil would probably want to see more revenue. And so at that point, I knew early on how to frame my conversation and how to really address the room. Huh. So then uh, do you think that changed the course of your pitch? I think so um, because I I think I'm – I mean – I don't know what the audio version of visibly is, but I was visibly shaken, I think, probably in the room and, you know, maybe came across that way in audio. Uh, and so, yeah, I had to re reset that and figure out how to make sure I positioned it because nothing's worse than, you know, getting, you know, a gut punch that early into the presentation as we were still trying to talk about the problem, talk about how unique our solution is, why we're the right people to do it. Uh, But at the same time, I still had to just refocus on the fact that we went into the room for Jillian to be our investor. Uh, With all the research and everything that we learned about it, Jillian was the number one person we wanted. Hmm. um, And we wanted Michael to come in as well. And we didn't think we'd have a chance with anyone else. So that that really had to say, okay, how do I reframe this to make Jillian and Michael possibly comfortable with the answers that we're giving to this new information that was presented in the room from Howie? I told you it was a Super Bowl of pitching. 
I know. And I, the whole time I was sitting there thinking about that, and I was just like, am I going to come back? Is this going to be like the Patriots versus the Falcons? Am I going to come back from like 24-3 or whatever <laughs> the score is? And yeah, because that, because I mean, when he said that, it put us in like a pretty big hole. <laughs> like that was, that's going into halftime trailing kind of conversation. I was just like, all right, let's shake this off, Harold. Let's figure out a way to get back out there, boys, and, and do this thing. So, so in the pitch room, um, one of the things that Jillian really honed in on is the need for you to snag like one big partner in the ticketing world and to really align yourselves with them. Like, how, how's that going? Our first team partner, Sacramento State, now has us talking to their ticketing company, uh, Veritix. And so we're working to figure out how that integration will go so that we can support them. And so really what we were thinking is how the model would work is working. So um, we're excited about having the conversations with Veritix. We're also talking to the folks um, in Ticket City in Austin, Texas. And so really, we think that one of those two will be our first ticketing partner. And we've already got an email queued up, ready to send to Jillian and Michael, um, just so we could say, hey, you said that once we check this box to reach out to you. Um, and so we definitely want to want to close that loop for sure. That's awesome. You actually have an email already written? Already written. What? <laughs> because we because we we knew we knew how the process was gonna go, and so um, you know I, I wrote it on the plane flying back uh, from from the pitch. Wow, is that is that a thing that you do often? Are you like trying? I mean, when we got one of our first investors, uh, Melly Price, onto our uh, team. I knew I wanted her to be an investor for eight months. And so I went ahead and said, hey, this is what I think you'd bring to the team. And here's why I'm really excited to work with you. And so when we finally got connected with her, I just changed a couple of things for, you know, making it more relevant to the time and sent that email. And it was important to me because it's almost like a vision board, I think, in that you kind of see it, you believe it, and then you can, you know, make it come to fruition in that way. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about something that happened in the news recently where Ticketmaster is accused of earning double commission on tickets through scalping websites. Right, right. What were you thinking when that news broke? All these stories have been swirling this week, and it's uh, been exciting for us. I've probably received that email maybe 30 times. Um, hey, have you seen this article? Have you seen this video? Have you seen this link? Uh, and so for us, I think it really gets to the boiling point where fans are really frustrated. When you find out that a billion-dollar company could potentially have been, you know, double-charging you or, or double-dipping as far as getting more fees, uh, that definitely doesn't sit well with anybody. Um, but I think as far as, as as much as we continue to learn about it, we'll really find out that, that just the true nature of the ticketing business creates incentives for such things. I think that's really what's going to be um, what comes of this, is that we're really going to see uh, more people crying for better distribution and more open opportunities to buy your tickets to anything. And that's why we're building Bandwagon. We think we'll be able to play in that space. I don't say this often on the show, but I was really surprised Harold didn't get funding. With the exception of Fluffy Pony, things seem to go really well. Harold comes off as someone who really knows his stuff and can clearly roll with the punches. But perhaps in the wild west of the blockchain, different rules apply. Like maybe it would have all been different if Harold had a sweet crypto name like Fluffy Pony. Regardless, Harold is still working to fill out the round and he's actually doing an equity crowdfunding campaign, raising money from the general public through the end of 2018. Best of luck, Harold. I really do hope you can stop all those ticket scams. 
for personal reasons too. Let's go Gators. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Muccio. See you next week. Our show is produced by me, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Blythe Terrell with help from Caitlin Kenny. We're mixed by The E-Man, original music composed by The Musemaker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. We discovered Bandwagon because of an introduction from Christy Pitts and Arlen Hamilton with Backstage Capital. A quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.